Welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead pastor of vision and teaching at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland. And we're going to have a conversation today uh, with someone from our church because we believe that everyone has a story. But before we get into that conversation, we're going to have another conversation uh, about whatever it is that we feel like talking about today, which um, now I wasn't here last week. Tommy, you were sick last week. I was. The word on the street. The word on the street is, yeah, I was not here last week. What happened? Wesley filled in for me. You have COVID? Um, I didn't. I did not have COVID. Um, I had some. Tommy, Tommy, and I don't want to break this to you. Yeah. It's all COVID. It's all. Everything is. Yeah. It's all. So. Um, I, had I was li- revisiting just so you know. Yeah. Because, you, you know, like one of the things you can do that's cathartic is you can look back at some of the stuff that we did, you mm-hmm. know, and we cheered on during the COVID stuff. Yeah. You know, my father-in-law was ironing his money. We were laughing about that the other day. But Wait, what? The, yeah. 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 You know, he said, oh, when you go bring your groceries home, it might be a good idea to wipe them down with the Clorox bleach <laughs> towels, which you could find nowhere because... Clorox was like, we're making so much money. Yeah. And then he was like, well, geez, if you're going to do that, then, I mean, money carries way more stuff. And so he was wiping down all the coins and he was ironing his, his, the bills. To kill the bacteria. Yeah, their house. <laughs> and the ironing going permanently out and they were ironing wow. the bills. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was good. Uh, I was remem- reminded, though, uh, of all the different um, things that people were getting sick with that were blamed on COVID, you know, so-and-so has a rash on their arm. COVID, that's really COVID. Are you tired? It's COVID. Uh, Did you wake up dizzy? COVID. You know, did you, did you break your leg? COVID. (laughs) Like everything, everything was COVID. I remember those days. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. So So now if you've learned your lesson, everything's COVID. Everything's COVID. And uh, yeah, I have, um, I have asthma. COVID. Do you know that? Yeah, I had it. Yeah, I apparently I had COVID when way before. Yeah, um, yeah. So I have I have asthma, and so anytime I get like an upper respiratory, were you one of these geeky kids who had this little puffer? I got my inhaler. Oh yeah, you, you better believe you? I have Never my rescue excited. inhaler. <laughs> yeah, if I laugh too hard, <laughs> if I laugh too hard, if I cough wrong, uh, any allergies, like yeah, my my asthma acts up, and uh, if I do anything crazy like athletic. Did you carry it with you when you were running? I took it, uh, yeah, not not with me, no. Well, where was no, it? No, it, um, it was in my bag. Which was in not the with tent. you? It was not with me, no. Well, what it good was is it going to be in the tent? Well, I took it before, and I had done some long runs and didn't need it. Um, okay. So so you've kind of taken your life in your hands. I did. I took I took a risk. Paid off. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe if I would have taken it, though, I would have gone faster, you know? Maybe tough anyway um, you had an upper respiratory illness yeah non-covid related uh that just made my asthma go out of control oh, i'm sorry so it's hard to catch my breath um so which, you were at home for a good chunk of time uh just a what was it a day and a half tommy when you're sick do mm-hmm. your kids your kids are at home all the time so mm-hmm. do your when you're sick do the kids leave you alone or do you want to be left alone? <laughs> no, no, they, they, you know, they struggle with personal boundaries, right? Like, so 
they're you know they, more dad tone yeah they don't understand the uh i'm sick don't come near me okay. you'll get sick but usually what happens i've i've learned is i've i have small children so i've got an eight-year-old and a three-year-old so mostly what happens is they get sick yeah and then eventually i get sick oh they're petri dishes yeah absolutely. just you know yeah boogers yeah well, Spittle listen, when everywhere. you get to be a little older, you'll have had such a, you'll have such a strong immunity. Yeah. That nothing will hit you. Nothing will hit you. Nothing. So, uh, yeah, fun, fun fact about me is I'm an asthmatic. So a little right. autoimmune disease, you know, do you have any of those autoimmune diseases? Yeah. Or just like a, no, no, just a fun disease that just crops no, I, in I don't every don't once any, in a while. <laughs> diseases. It's a little surprise. I have pains all over my body. Like. I've had that for years. There's always four, five things going on with my body that I probably should see a doctor about, but I'm not going to go see a doctor. <laughs> You're not? No. Why would I do that? What type of pains are we talking about? I have this hip thing going on right now. Mm -hmm. It's uh, in my sacroiliac joint. And I've tried to get help with it, and it some, some of it alleviates it for a very short period of time. Wow. And uh, you go to the doctors, and... Online, it's like, you know what solves this is a cortisone shot. <laughs> so whatever you can do to go and tell the doctors to give you a cortisone shot. So I've been to the doctors and said, you know, cortisone would be a good idea. They're like, no, nah, we'd have to do an MRI before we do that. Do we, though? <laughs> do we? Why don't we try it with the cortisone yeah. before we do the MRI? Yeah. So anyway, well, it's okay. We'll figure it out. I'm not a professional athlete. Yeah. I just look like one. <laughs> you do. I said that, you know. I first met you. I bet you did. I was like this man. Tommy, on my way here today, <laughs> yes. uh, I, ride a, I ride my scooter. Yes, you do. And I was 10 minutes late today. And the reason I was 10 minutes late is because my scooter has this, uh, I hadn't charged my scooter at my house. And I thought, okay, 40, 45% of the battery should get me there. And it would have. Right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot though that my scooter has this switch at 20% that makes you go to the first gear. The, like the lowest gear, yep. the 10 miles an hour, we've, we're here to save you from yourself gear. Right. Yeah. So that you can get, they do it so that you can get somewhere, you know, like you might be out in the middle of nowhere and go, oh no, my battery's this way. And they'll give you this low gear that preserves the battery for. So that you can get home. You're not so stranded. You home or yeah. It might take an hour to get home, but you're still going to get home. Um, so I got halfway here and uh, <laughs> it decided to, to stop. Which is funny because I wear this big orange helmet and it, do, it looks like, like a, a bunch Star of Wars. Gear. It looks no, like a Star Wars helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, so when I'm on the road, people are like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You should wear that helmet." But when you're going 10 miles an hour on the sidewalk, <laughs> my, my, safety first. The, safety you, you first. Do. You look like the kid whose mom was really worried about corners <laughs> in the house. Aggressive. Yeah. How do you wear that helmet? <laughs> Goes out and buys him like, and it was funny because you know. People staring at me at yeah. their houses like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, look at this bubble boy coming down the yeah, road right now. It was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then so there's how, no... How many miles did you have to go 10 miles an hour? Oh, it would have been three or four miles, yeah. Yeah, so a couple. Yeah, it took me a while to get there. <laughs> so what are you going to do now? How are you going to get well, home? Well, I'm charging it now, Okay, okay. And we're, we're going to try to figure out if there's a way to bypass the... The, hey, we we're here to save yourself, save you from yourself yeah. mode. yeah. Yeah. But I also might take a way back that is uh, more path than less road less and road. sidewalk. Yeah. 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 Something like that. 
Anyway. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, adventures in the life of Jeff and his scooter. Yeah, so if you're ever, you know, if you're in the market for a scooter, that's one thing to, to check out. Make sure you always keep it charged and, uh, yep. and just be aware of the 20%. Yeah, usually I get hearing back without even, there's no charge involved, so. Does that charge ever, like, does the battery ever get worse? Probably does, right, over I, time? I try to keep it. I, I baby that battery. Yeah. Yeah. Put in blankets around it and stuff. Yeah, I don't never know. fully charge it, or you? No, you do, I fully charge. Yeah, it, you get yeah. that thing up there. Yeah, yeah. but then I take the thing anyway. This is the exciting stuff that they're going to take. I would. I'm actually excited to talk to uh, Christian. Today. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's that's who we're talking to today is Christian Constante, who is a uh, pastor of our Spanish ministry and also a teacher at uh, Harvest Christian Academy. Teaches Bible. And you guys are going to have a conversation uh, because everyone has a story and he has a story. And you guys are going to talk about that and get into it right now. Let's go. sitting here with Christian Constante. Christian. Very nicely said. Well, beautiful. I was I practiced it a couple times. Christian go. Constante. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. 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 Christian just told me that he's 44 years old, but every time I talk to him, he has another thing that he tells me about himself that I didn't know before. So Yeah. You've lived a long 44 years. I've had a lot of experiences, yes. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking. Where are you from? What's your home hometown, home country, home? Yeah, I am originally from Ecuador. Yeah. My hometown is called Ambato. Ambato. Yeah, Ambato, Ecuador. Okay, where in Ecuador is Ambato? Um, it's southeast of uh, the country. It's in the middle of the country, but it's about an hour and a half from the capital, which is Quito. Okay. So everybody kind of gets that perspective. Quito is kind of in the middle of the country. Right. And so if you go southwest from there. Ecuador is um, really near the equator. That's why we got the name. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I never even thought about really? that before. There you go. That yeah, is yeah. That's, that's why it's called Ecuador. So uh, sun goes down every night at like six. Yes. And the temperature is always the same. 70 degrees all year long. Really? It depends where you are. It's a very small country, but there are... Th Three, four very different regions. So we have the Amazon jungle, like mm -hmm. you actually have the ability to be there. And we have the Andes, yep. which is where I'm from, and then the coast. So you you're from the mountains. That. Yes, I am. About 14,000 feet above sea level. That's where you lived. That's where I grew up. Yep. I mean, I lived in all regions because of my dad's job, but most, my family right now lives there. So 14,000 when you go back and yep. you visit, yep. do you find it difficult to breathe? No, not anymore. I, I, what they say is that when you grew up in it, like your lungs have the ability, the capacity to do that. Yeah. When I bring my family, I always tell them to take it easy the first day. Yeah. We've, we've learned the, the, the bad way that they do get uh, altitude sickness and they will start throwing out my kids. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not the food, it's the altitude nope. sickness? It is. It is that first day. But you don't feel it, which is the crazy thing. Like you think you're fine. Then you do a little bit of exercise and yeah, then you're you just sick. got a headache and yeah. So what did your dad do that made you move around? My dad is what I would say what they call, what we would call here a superintendent of schools. Okay. The government is in charge of all the education and they had people that were in charge of a certain area where he had like 
10, 15 schools under his care, and he would go and grade the teachers and the principals. So that's what he did. So, and they would move him. So that's why we moved around. But on the side, he was a pastor. So he was one of those pastors, never got paid for it. It was like, you look like you could preach, so go ahead and do it. And so he, How did he get involved that, in preaching? Well, he was the first one to be uh, a believer in his family. Correction. Actually, he was the second one. Okay. My aunt was the first, and she shared the gospel with him. So he became a believer. And so um, through all of that, he was the one that was you know, like learn, he went to, he was the first one in his family to go to college. Okay. So he knew a lot of those things. And so then he started studying the Bible on his own. And so a lot of people were like, would you like to talk about that? And so he started doing it. And then, so what kind of church? It wasn't Catholic, Roman Catholic. Nope. Because they no, wouldn't no, no. let him yeah, no. there. Actually, he, um, what is that called? The, I'm thinking in Spanish right now. The Gospel Square. Okay. You know, like Pentecostal kind yeah. of thing. That's what he became a believer. But then growing up, we were Southern Baptists. What? Yes. Do the Southern Baptists have a large presence in Ecuador? Yes, they do, actually. It's not huge, but... You put the yeah. Southern in Southern Baptist. Yeah, we truly are Southern Baptists. Yes, that's indeed. Great. But yeah, that's why we grew up attending Southern Baptist churches. So yeah. Did you like church when you were a little guy? Yeah, yeah. I actually like it. I was that kid who... I, until I kind of realized all that church involved. So I'm one of those that grew up as a pastor kid. And then around like being a teenager, I decided I will never be a pastor. Okay. Like I don't like what they do and how things are run. So I will never do that. So yeah. that kind of led, but I enjoyed church. Like I grew up, that was my community. So I, I liked it. I enjoy all that we did. And Southern Baptists are good on like, we had our kind of own version of like, the Boy Scouts, yeah, yeah, and things like that. So, grew up with all of that. Yeah, um, you have your sister. You said you had a sister. I have, uh, I have five. There's five of us. I have four siblings. And where are you in the pecking order? There, um, I am number four. But my parents actually got married, and I'm the first one to both of them oh. being married. Yeah, my dad became a widow, and my mom had a child when she was single, oh, and then wow. they got married. And I'm the first one. So I am. You have an older. I have two siblings from my dad, one sibling from my mom. Okay. So two boys, a girl, then me, and then my little sister. Okay. Do you yeah. see, what, any of them involved in ministry? Um, yes. <laughs> my brother is a pastor in, he, in Ecuador. Uh, he actually pastors the church that we grew up wow. in now. And he also works for uh, Samaritan's Purse for yeah. Operation Christmas Child. He is the guy in charge of all South America oh, wow. uh, for that. So he's in, in ministry. My sister, my youngest sister is actually a missionary in Mexico. Oh, wow. Um, Where in Mexico her, is she a missionary? Um, she's a, a missionary in Merida in the Yucatan yeah. Peninsula. Oh, where that is. So they are in um, theological training. They are, uh, he administrates a um, seminary and then they teach as well. And then they do evangelism and planting churches and all of that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Who's the most famous Ecuadorian ever? Oh, that's a great question. If you say Christian Constante, I'm not believing it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely not. It's got to be a soccer football player, right? Well, there is there. It depends. in In the U.S., there's not a lot. I don't know if there's a lot of people that know about Ecuador, but there are some infamous. Most people ones. would say it's. I know it's in South America. 
Yeah, most people would say that. Um, for Ecuadorians, we would say probably as a, a few soccer players that we have now, like they have become more and more famous. So we have play players that are playing in the Premier League. Okay, and, give me one. In, uh, Moises Caicedo. Yeah. Yeah. Moises Caicedo is yeah. the guy that Brighton. my team wanted to have, yeah. and he was held away from us. Are you, are during you the Arsenal Yes, fan? during the winter Yes. January window. I'm I very know. upset about it. I know. He is. Don't know why Brighton didn't live. We're going to get him this summer. He's 21. Though. I know. He's, he's very amazing. young and he's really good. So, yeah. So, uh, I guess that uh, soccer is a big deal for us. Okay. So, yeah. Did you grow up playing? Yes. I mean, that's all that I did. Okay. What like is your everybody. what is your chosen position on the on the soccer pitch? Um, my brother was a goalie. So, I love being a goalie because of him. I wanted to be like him. Okay. When it came to soccer. So goalie was my first position, and I love playing goalie. And then I play some defense. I play some forward. But I would say my favorite position is defense. Okay. Yeah. I you just like I, to hurt people. Yes, indeed. And take the ball away from them and That's kick right. it away and then just look back at them and go. What'd you do? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. But, yeah. All right. The Great the Wall best. of Christian. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It was fun. But, yeah, I grew up playing. Did you ever play? Did you ever think you might uh, play every little no. boy? Come on, every little boy thinks I'm going to uh, make it one I mean, day. I mean, I think all of us, like like what I said, uh, we grew up playing on the street. We had one of our, uh, one of my neighbor uh, uh, dad made some goals that we put on the street. Yeah. And every time we would move it for the car to go through and put yeah, it back on. Right. So we would go to school, do homework, and then we would go out and play until the lights turn on. And then you would hear the whistle from the house. And it was yeah. like, oh, time to go to get some dinner. So we all grew up playing, but... Yeah. I think that when you have so many people playing, you kind of know whether you're any good. So growing up, I love soccer, still do. Yeah. But I knew I would never be a professional soccer player. Like I think I played, enjoy playing, but I, I played college, uh, high school, I played college, but I knew that I would never be a professional yeah. soccer player. Like right. I had a good perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are like when did you like? Did you, what did you dream about doing when you were? A little kid then. Well, when I was a little kid, I actually wanted to be a pediatrician. I wanted really? to be a doctor until I took chemistry. Why? Did you know somebody who was a pediatrician? Um, or it just yes, seemed like a really I, cool idea. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I think I romanticized the idea of helping people and yeah. saving lives and all of that. So I think that I really enjoy that idea. And I thought that that would be Most awesome. of those dreams are bloodless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a mo yeah. brief moment where I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah. And then I found out you had to take uh, calculus to do it. And well, I started for, calculus. For me, it was chemistry. Yeah. And I yeah. took chemistry and I was like, no, yeah. that's no. not it. I'm not spending the rest yeah. of my life doing so, this. So then the dream changed to being a lawyer because I was good at talking. Okay. So then I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And I didn't want to be a pastor. So I was like, lawyer it is. And I was going to study international law. Okay. That was what I wanted to do because I love languages. So yeah. I wanted to learn. Where'd you go to to Did you go to university? Um, so I was supposed to star uh law school um like just the the bachelor's yeah. part of that right like i needed i was going to do that and then part of my story is my mom came with this little brochure of this tiny little christian school the christian center of communications and she was like just you like in high school i had done like journalism club i like you know, writing, I like doing all those things. So she was like, hey, maybe you want to check this out. So I saw it and I was like, so the, the idea was half of the curriculum was communications and half was theology. Huh. And they wanted to prepare um, people in media yeah, so to you could be do that. So yeah. Radio, so I was like, TV, Yeah, so I, I knew somebody who was in the program. So I called him and I was like, 
how's this? And they were like, this is awesome, but it's really hard to get in. So I was like, hmm, okay. So I applied. And after tons of interviews and other things, I got in. And it was a small, little, tiny, little school that was part of a mission um, in Ecuador. Um, they actually have the first radio station in Ecuador belong to this mission organization. They just celebrated 90 years of wow. being on the air. So yep. I was like, I grew up listening to that radio station. So I was like, And then all cool. of a sudden you were working there. And all of a sudden I, was wor- I went to study there and then I started working on radio. Yeah. So when you sat down, I asked you the question, because a lot of people yeah. who sit and talk to me, yeah. I say, is it for, like, are yeah. you used to having these uh, microphones? And you said, oh, yeah, I used to start, I was in radio. Yeah. So what was, what, would, what was it that you did? Did you host a particular show? So because I was a student, part of my scholarship was through working. So I worked in the radio station. So I did a lot of the controls of the, you know, when somebody was doing that. Wesley, yes. he was you. Yeah, pretty much. I was, I just, was, I was doing ju- that. Just a more interested version of you. Yeah. And, and, and there were a lot of things that we did in there. But then I started, um, they had a prayer uh, show where people would call in for prayer and the pastor would pray. And so they put me to start helping with that. So I started doing some of that. And then they said, do you want to do some sports? And I was like, do I? Yeah. Yes. I get into the stadium for free. I get to right. watch the game and then you call on me and I tell you stuff about the game. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so I was the the guy on the stands that would tell them who was getting You were the sideline reporter. You are the Mich- Michelle Tafoya. Yes. Of, of Christ- KCJB, which was the radio station. So, yeah. yeah. So I did that uh, for a few times and then, yeah, got a lot of opportunities to do a lot of stuff like that. Did some TV too, did some barely acting on a couple okay of tell things. me what you did in tv um in tv and can we find it on youtube no and i'm thankful for that this was way before the internet so this was fun uh, but uh there was a christian tv station and they came to our school it was across from our school and they came to us and they were we have an hour of programming that we would like to give to you guys you can do whatever you want huh. so they gave it to 10 of us and so it was the 90s. Yeah. So we did a Christian MTV. <laughs> so we, w- we had like videos and music and, and that kind of stuff. So I was part of the crew that put it together. Actually, my... Okay, where'd you get the vi- videos? Not once you guys would do. Like you no, do no, no. videos like, yeah, from no, like... We, we had like... Michael you know, W. Smith. Exactly. Was, like Newsboys or like nice. anything like that. Okay. So we would, we would play that in some Spanish, but there was not a lot of Spanish. So most of it was in English. Yeah. And then... Um, but yeah. So I was the floor manager for when we recorded. Oh, so wow. I did some of that. So yeah. What was up. your favorite thing to do in the radio? Or TV? Both? No, I, I love radio. Okay. I, I mean, I, there are some times when I still go, mm, maybe one day I'll go back to radio. It'll be fun to go back to radio. I think it's, I think it's a harder media medium yeah. to do because you can do a lot of visual with TV and you just do that. But I think that radio is more challenging because you have to create images in people's minds so, through uh, sound. Why aren't you in radio today? Well, um, so I met my wife in ecuador she came as a summer missionary to the radio station and okay, that's wait, even wait. a whole other story well that's why we're here buddy yes so Co- a su- you're a summer missionary yes from whence did she come she is from the chicagoland area um and so she she's from the chicagoland area and do we need to 
continue. Yeah. So, yeah. So she is from the Chicagoland area, actually a very Chicagoland area girl. Grew up. Where? Uh, was born in Waukegan, grew up in Aurora. So, so yeah. North Shore. Okay, that's yeah. the North Shore one. Because yeah. there's another yeah. one called something else that's kind of Wakanda. not the North Shore. That's the one that I always yeah. get mixed up yeah. with. It. There, Wakanda there and Waukegan. Of, yeah. So, so she grew up in this area and then went to Taylor University. Yes, in In the Indiana. middle of nowhere. Indiana. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, studied biology. And as a fun thing, she did radio. Mm. And so a, some, a missionary from our mission organization came to Taylor and said, you should do, she came to promote missions for the summer to students to be like, come and serve. And so she had the option of going to, because our mission also had a hospital. So yeah. she could have gone to the lab in the hospital, but instead she chose to come to the radio and I was working in that radio Where station. Where were you, and what were you doing at the radio station at that time? At that time, I actually have, uh, at that time, and this is God's plan, I had moved from the Spanish radio station because I had been working on my English and I moved to the English radio station. So this radio station used to transmit in shortwave. Yeah. Back when shortwave was a big thing and they could like get into Russia right, through shortwave yeah. and HCJB, all of that. I know, so, yeah. yeah. So from there they would do that. So th we had an English department. So I got a job there. Um, and at that time, I my English was not that good. So I was doing more typing stuff and yeah. things like that, just more clerical stuff with the radio station. But I was working there when she came. And so we met. Yes, but there. how did you meet? Was it love at first sight? Was it Christian? <sighs> this is the, the story where... This is the, the part where people, uh, so I actually made did fun of her. Did you throw some of that Latin, that Latin charm at her? No, I did not. I actually made fun of her. Oh. So we only had one show that was live the whole day. Everything was pre-recorded because we would broadcast like late because we're in Ecuador transmitting to Europe and different things. So most of the stuff was pre-recorded and then it would go live in a control room where they would put it on. But we had one thing that was live and that was the news. And it was a 10 minute segment. Yeah. And the first thing she got to do was the news. Oh, wow. So our boss was doing controls for her and he kept opening her mic in the middle of talking to her. And so she kept going, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> yes, I'll do that. Okay. Okay. And I kept getting, and I was, I, I guess I really love radio because I was getting mad because we had speakers in each one of our offices to hear what was on. Yeah. And I keep hearing her going, oh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Got it. And I got so, so when she walks out of the studio, yeah. I just pop my head out and I go, why would you do that? Yeah. It's the news. It's live. And, and that's all I said. And yeah. I got back into my office. And you by, wanna, by what, then we had met. They had just introduced her. What to a welcome. Like, exactly. They had introduced her like, here's, her name is Jill. Jill is going to be with us this whole summer. She's working. And so when she left, a friend of mine who was also working there came and said, that was really mean. <laughs> I said, why? I was like, that was mean. Why would you say that to her? She just got here. And I was like, that is kind of mean. That's not nice. <laughs> so I went and apologized and I asked her to go get some coffee. Wow. And empanadas. It was all a plan. I'm going <laughs> to offend I her. I wish I could say <laughs> this was part of my plan, but it was not. And then I actually found out that she was from Chicago. And one of the things I always want, had wanted to do was to study at Moody. Okay. I had heard about Moody. And so I was like, one day I'll go study at Moody. Yeah. And so 
Chicago literally is what brought us because it was the Bulls. It was the 90s. And you were like, yeah, oh, I love Michael Jordan. Yeah. And interestingly enough, at that time, there was the whole Sosa and Maguire. Yes. And 19, I was 97, 98. 98. Yeah. So I was actually on the radio talking about that because they were chasing the record. Right. So on this, on the sports section, I would talk about it and, and all of that. So I just went on talking to her about Chicago and how awesome that was. And she, so, so you hit it off one thing to over another. Chicago. Yes. So when did you get married? Uh, we got married in 1999. Okay, so, so not that long after that, like a year. Yeah, so so we we got engaged six months after we started dating, but then we were long distance for like. Was a year that a and surprise a to her? Um, Did yes. you ask her? Or she asked you. No, I asked her, and it, that's another horrible story. Okay, that hit me. I, I will not disclose it because it's so bad. All right, it it just culturally. It, the idea of getting engaged at that time, at least in Ecuador, it's not a, like in the U S you propose and just make this big thing with the ring and all of that. There is more like your parents and my parents get together and they agree. And then, then we will announce it. So I was trying to honor my family at the same time and trying to let them know that this is going to happen. It just, it just became a really sad, sad thing. And it's one of those things that whenever somebody is like, Oh, we have a really cool story when he proposed. Like I have a friend who is a missionary in the Czech Republic and did a scavenger hunt oh, yeah. in Prague. Yeah. And at the end he came out of a castle. Oh, where there you he, go. Like in a in a in a horse and kneeled down in front of hers, dressed as a white knight. Know, a he knight. Was a, yeah. And he literally and I remember sitting there while he was saying this and I was just looking at my wife going, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I always say that I'm making up for it. Okay. But yeah, but it was not, it was not romantic. It was not special. It was a very, very like, so I want to ask Drive Jill it home to, one day. No, no, not even that. It was Christmas. Okay. And I asked, I told her like, I'm going to propose. And then I said to my parents, like, I am going to ask Jill to marry me, but you haven't talked to her parents. It was just not, Yes. it was just not as special. It was not yeah. nothing that it was oh, like. You were trying oh. to navigate the culture yes. right there. It's so, a bit of a so challenge. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting one. And but did yeah. you move to Chicago immediately? So we got married and usually takes a long time to get your, your city, like your yeah. paperwork to come for, to, for immigration. But we got it in about a couple months oh, actually. Wow. So September 19 of 1999, we came to the States and I've been here since then. Wow, yeah. 24 years. Yeah, I've lived here more than I lived in Ecuador now. So that's a big Did you Now, when thing. you came, did you go to Moody? So when I went, when I came here, my first job actually was at a public school up in Zion, which is the North Shore to like Zion. Zion, oh, you should one day. Dude, I don't know where things are. No, but you should look up the story of the city of Zion. They actually left Chicago to create a... New Jerusalem. It sounds very much like that. Every single street that goes, I think is north and south, is biblical names. Oh, yeah. And everything east-west is numbers. So it's like, nice. first in Galilee. First. Like, it's very interesting. It, and it was like, what only town that would not allow you to drink within the city limits. Okay. It was very interesting. Anyway, so got a job in public school uh, for a couple of years, translating yeah. in, uh, for families, and then... One teacher said, you should go get some more schooling. So I went, and that's when I went to Moody. So, And so, what did you study at Moody? Uh, my bachelor's is in youth ministry. So oh, wow. that's what I did for a very long time. 
How long were you a youth pastor? Um, so when I started school in Quito for communications, a, a missionary actually asked me to come to his church and help. So I started doing youth ministry in Quito. So when I came here, I went to a Baptist church that I was serving okay. and I was just helping. And then when I be, went to Moody, I did my practical Christian yeah. ministry there. And then once I graduated, I went, I worked at a church in Bensonville, which is where we still live. And I served there for 13 years as a youth pastor. So how did you get involved then with Harvest? Cause you're 44 years old and I'm yeah. trying to add up the years here. <laughs> Yes. Right? Because you would have so, come to, so when did you, in 99, you came to the States and you were 20? I was actually 20. 20. I got I got married when I was 20. Cradle robbing. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I was married. How old is your wife? She is, she would not like me to tell you how old she is, okay. Jeff. Don't I know better. That, but she's but older, she's than, older you. than me. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, so I was, I worked a couple years and then 13 years at Bensonville uh, okay. as a pastor of a small little church where I did everything. Okay. And then, Were you the only pastor there? No. Um, actually, it, it was a, an awesome thing. We went from a church that had an English ministry and a Spanish ministry to becoming a bilingual church. Mm. Um, so in, worship was in English and Spanish. And then sermon time, you could go... So how would worship be in English and Spanish? You'd sing like one song English, one song Spanish? No, sometimes the song, we would start it uh, one verse in, oh, yeah. in, in English. So on the screen, you had the lyrics in English and Spanish, so you could sing it in whatever language you wanted. Yeah. And we would sing the first verse in English, yep. the chorus in Spanish. We would Sometimes we would sing it at the same time. Yeah. So it was, it was an awesome experience. It was very interesting to, to be part of that. And then it became like one church so we would do the worship and then at the sermon time you could go to an english sermon or a spanish sermon we had two locations that you could choose where you wanted to go okay which one did you choose um i actually was downstairs with the kids because i did (laughs) i did family ministry so i was in charge of the little kids so so it's a clever approach though it was it was it it, it was pretty much um a, a, it's a great way to amalgamate. It, it was people. a result of what was happening in the community yeah. because Bensonville went from a, um, I think it was mostly Irish, mm-hmm. uh, German kind of town. Yeah. And everybody moved south. And all the people that were coming in were people leaving the city of Chicago, mm. immigrating, and they were mostly Latinos. So in a span of 10 years, the. Um, the school system went from 15% Latino to about 65% Latino. Okay. So it was a result of like, here's what the community looks like and we need to respond to that. So, yeah. So when did you start uh, coming to Harvest? Well, um, I got my master's degree from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. You in didn't have Texas. to travel to Fort Worth to do it. Did I did you do it not. By extension? I did not. I, I did it online okay. um, and then graduated. I did go to the graduation down there. Yes. Um, well, so, of course you would. Yeah, of course. So after that, I was, um, the, the, the best way to say it is ministry was overwhelming. I was doing a lot of stuff. We still had little kids. I have four boys. Mm. Um, and so they were young. And my wife said, I feel like a single mom on the weekends. And I said, I can't. Well, that's not good. We need to do something. So I started praying about it and then asked the Lord to open doors. And the opening for a teacher at Harvest Christian Academy came up. And so I applied. Did you know anything about the school at the time? 
I did not. I I have my sister in law actually has gone to Harvest for the last twenty plus years. Okay. So she she's I always knew of the of the church. I always knew. I, I probably at some point I have said that I would never work at Harvest because it was too big. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not ministry. That's like a mall. Yeah. So and and so, but when the school job opened up, I said, well, I would love to do that because well, I gave love you teaching. your weekends. Yes, it yeah. gives you your weekends, but I also continue to do. Uh, and I was getting older too. So being a youth pastor, yeah. you know, you in your upper thirties, and then you're like these, you know, um, old nighters. They are like a little yeah, rough on you. the body, no. and you know, the camping before school starts right. is like, why do I need to be in a tent with these it's smelly kids? Totally. Like you get to that point, and yeah. so I was like, I would not mind doing that. So, so yeah, so it let me do what I love, which is to teach the Bible. Without having to do any so, it was of a Bible teaching position, though. Yes, okay. it was teaching high school, teaching Bible to the high school, and then doing chapels and speaking at chapel. Okay, so yeah. So, right, so how long have you been at Harvest then? I started at Harvest on the fall of 2017. Okay, so five years, six years, six years. Yeah, six this is my sixth year at Harvest. So yeah, so I started. What is there. your favorite thing about HCA? Community. Okay. Yeah. We, we do that really well, like the people, and, and I could see it in my kids, like his, their friends are the people at HCA, and, and those people really care for you and love you and walk with you and want what's best, and you join them to become part of this community that is caring for our kids, and they are, you see them at church, but at the same time, they become part of your family. So that would be your sales pitch to somebody. Yes. You meet somebody who's like, hey, I'm interested in Christian school and yeah. stuff, which is not why we're talking to you. Yeah. But like if you, yeah, yeah. if they were, that would be your thing. You'd say, yes. HCA is really great because of the community. Yeah, it's a great community and, and uh, teachers who really want to disciple your kids and love your kids. And that's been the awesome thing for me is to, I know these people because I work with them, but they really care for my kids. They have invested in them and they feel loved and seen and known and all of that. So that's awesome. You also coached like girls soccer. I did. I coach uh, for the first five years. I coach the boys and the girls for middle school. All right. So that was my connection. And before that, when I was a youth pastor, it was the best way to connect to the community. I, right. I volunteer coaching part district because you would meet all the families and we would have the party in my, at my church. And I would tell them, Hey, you can come. Yeah. We're here on Saturday. So it, it gave me a lot of opportunities for that. So yeah, but I coach uh, the middle school uh, boys and girls and I loved doing that. So this isn't all you do though. Like in the last year you have, you've taken on a role at Harvest Mm-hmm. Actually, Harvest and Espanol. Yes, you are indeed. the pastor of a congregation of people who are uh, Hispanic in their background. Are, is it only Hispanic folks, or is it some people who are from kind of an English background? We, and who we have. I mean, we we've had some people who have come because they want to practice their Spanish. Yeah, they want to hear it. They 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 love the music, or they just want to hear it and get better at it. So we've had a lot of different people, but mostly people from uh, Latin America. Yeah. And you, uh, where do you worship? Uh, we are at Cornerstone in at Elgin. Elgin in Rolling Meadows. Yeah. And so we meet at 11 o'clock every Sunday. And yeah, it's been a very interesting thing to do. Coming back to... Is that, now that sounds that. a little bit very interesting. Sounds... Uh, well, it, I was very... Kind of thing I'd say uh, about a lot of things. Yes. Um, I, I would say, and I, I have said it to the people in our congregation, so they, this is not new for them that I never looked for this. 
this was not something that I was looking for. Right. I didn't, I wasn't hoping for a side gig of being a Spanish. Well, you'd been pastor. out of, uh, not ministry, but you'd been out of yeah. church ministry. Yeah. Of that setting. Yeah. And, and when we started at harvest, I actually just attended. I, I, I asked if I could do that mm-hmm. without participating in any kind of ministry because I needed a break and I needed to invest in my family. Right. And they were gracious enough to be like, yeah, whatever you need. So I did that. And then we started slowly getting involved in like harvest kids and participating in other kinds of ministry. And I would say about three years ago, they asked me if I wanted to do something like this. And I said, no, Hmm. I'm not ready for that. And so, and then I asked you and you couldn't say no. Exactly. Well, let's look in my eyes. I have it. I have have something. That's what made the difference. (laughs) You didn't even ask me. It was Carl who did. (laughs) So, but I talked about it before he asked you. Yeah, there you go. I know I was in a room where you talked about it. There you go. But this time it's interesting. God's timing because this is one of the busiest seasons in my life. Hmm. And this was not, it doesn't make sense to take on something like this at this time in my life. Hmm. Um, But I knew clearly that this was God's call at this time for us. And so I talked to my wife about it and, and she said, do you feel that God is calling you to do that? You've said you don't want to do this. And I said, I believe that he's calling me to do this right now. So, yeah. Do you know, one of the things that I've said before on both the podcast and other places, I've always Every, every time I've moved to a new ministry, one of the things that I take the most delight in is seeing how the Lord has uh, placed people, you know, just for just such a moment. <laughs> so things like this, like, hey, we have a group of uh, Hispanic folks that are really interested in, in doing a service. We used to do one, but we kind of want to do it a little bit different, more, you know, local preaching and who could do that? And all of a sudden it's like, wait, Christian has got this background in church and he's got his theolo- theological credentials. And it's like, oh my goodness, look at that dude right there. I honestly across the board at, at Harvest. I feel like that that happens frequently, that there are people who are around who just maybe were either weren't seen before or just take they were taking a break themselves or something. And then all of a sudden... Uh, an opportunity comes up and they've been really willing. I've been really thankful that you've been willing to do it. And it's a great, I mean, it's a lovely ministry. If there's anybody yeah. listening and wants to yes, pop please. in, you absolutely should. We would love to have yeah. you in the room. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, you don't even need to know the Spanish. You just need to be there and pr- yeah. be prayerful and yeah. encourage yeah. the dear please folks. Come. Yeah, exactly. They, we, we are very welcoming and we would love any kind of encouragement. Right. And if you don't understand the language, now you know what they feel like. All those years exactly. coming to English church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I have a little bit of a lightning round that I want to ask you yeah. about. Okay. Favorite uh, soccer team in the world. And don't say, I'm not the national team. No. Macara de Ambato. It's my home team. Okay. I found out that my dad's cousin played for that team. Oh, wow. And when I heard that, I'm the only one in my family who cheers for this team. Are you able to follow them? Yes. I, I watch the games online. Nice. I every time we go, we go to the games. I buy the jersey of that year. I go get it. I'm I'm a diehard, even though they are in the second division this year because we got knocked out. Uh, well, but it's okay. We will come. You're on back. your way back. Yes. What's the what? What is the uh, the perfect day in the life of Christian Constante? What would you do? Coffee. Watch some premier like league. good coffee. 
What kind of coffee are we talking about here? Are we talking Brazilian I'm not, coffee? I'm not, I'm not a snob, uh, and, and, and truly, I'm not. I, I I take any coffee. Okay. Like I'm I I don't I don't mind that. I, I've I've tried different kinds. I've done different it's kinds. All good. It's all good. I love coffee. Okay. So I will take coffee. Coffee followed by some Premier League to nice. begin. Just watch a little bit of that until I wake if up. If Moises Caicedo joins Arsenal, are you going to join me being a fan of Arsenal? I will. I actually cheer for any team that has an Ecuadorian. See? There I, is. I, I, even though I'm a Man United fan. No, you're not. Fan. No, nobody really is. <laughs> Antonio Valencia played for Man United. He did. That's why I was. I remember him. A fan. Yeah. So, yeah. But followed by um, usually some, some reading. I'm, I'm a huge reader, so I love to read. So if I can get laws in a book... What's the best book you've read recently? I am in the middle of uh, reading for class, um, and it's about multicultural ministry oh, yeah. and how to do it. So that's been a fascinating one, and, yeah, good. and a lot of like highlights and a lot of like, ooh, that's really good. So, so you'd yeah. sit down and you'd read for a while. Yes, yes. And I'm, then? I'm one of those that gets lost on that. Um, usually that happens because I'm still getting up early. So my kids are still, so I love the, you've done all of, of these things before the kids have gotten away. Sometimes. Yeah. And on a Saturday guy games come on and really, they early. Do. I know that. <laughs> so yeah. So probably that. And then, um, if, if it's a nice day, probably going for a walk with my wife. Oh, great. So yeah. Something Where's your like favorite that. place to walk? Um, there's a trail by our house that there's a forest preserve. And I love that. Not growing up with seasons, mm. just having summer and winter, and our winter is just rain. Um, I love the seasons. Like, I really, really enjoy You like seasons. the winter here? I do. I don't mind it. Because, so I could not live anywhere that is super hot. Like, my sister, where she is in Merida, it's like, summer is like 120 degrees. Yeah. And like, you can't go outside because it's so hot. So I could not live in, in a place like that. But cold? I can take cold. I'll just put another jacket mountains, on. man. Exactly. So... So yeah, so I don't mind. What would you eat on this given day? And what do you what kind of food do you miss from Ecuador that you just can't get here? My mama's cooking. All right, I'm, I'm a big I'm a I'm a mama's boy. All right, I but if I could make you today. anything right now, I, and by the way, I wouldn't make you anything. Yeah, I know. Like I was gonna say, awful. I don't think that you could make me anything from Ecuador. But if I could, so well, I will tell you, if anything that has rice, I will eat it. I, I'm a huge, we grew up with rice every single day, like two meals a day, we had rice. Okay. So I will take anything with rice. Uh, uh, it's a it's a big thing for me. But then like empanadas. Yes. Oh, those are fantastic. My mom's empanadas are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, there are some things from each part of the country that are delicious, but like in my town, they make these uh, potato cakes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some meat and some uh, avocado. I mean, like, yeah. So is it, it, you need to have some spice in it though, Christian? Um, actually, no. Ecuador, really? Ecuador is not, so Ecuador doesn't cook with spice. Oh, I'm going what, there then. What we do is we have a spicy sauce on the side and it's more kind of like a pico de gallo. Yeah. So it's got like onions and tomato and it depends of how much you want of that. You can add it See, to it. This is the way it should be. Yes, done. it is fantastic. I, 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 but I have, I went to a church where there was a lot of Mexican people who taught me to eat spicy food. Okay. So I do like spicy food now. All right. Yeah. Well, but I never grew up with that. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Me too. Thank you for coming in and yep. chatting with me. Thanks for being part of Harvest yep. and especially HCA. The benefit you bring to the kids is un, uh, I can't, I can't overstate 
uh, how great it's been for the kids to have you around and the input you've had in their lives. Thanks. So thank you very much. And for the rest of you, next time, talk to somebody else. Thank you.